Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 1-0 away win at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea on this fine Sunday morning for me and Tom. Afternoon for you folks in the UK. Of course, you guys are hearing this on the Monday morning. So happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you are getting around to listen to this. The appreciate the support is appreciated. I cannot get my words out. This is my second time of doing this intro, but nonetheless, of course. Tom is here, like I said. Tom, it's been a while, but how's it going for you, my friend? It has been a while, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's going very well. You know, how can it not be? Beating, beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the league twice in the space of six months, conceding no goals in the process. That's a pretty nice feeling. You know, I've said this to you before, I think, but they're my kind of... I think it's probably my favourite type of Villa win, is that away against a team who on paper, you know, most, at least most casual observers would still have expected... A Chelsea win more than a Villa win today, probably. Um, and it just feels really good, doesn't it? You know, uh, and I think I'm sure we'll get onto this later, but I'll say right at the outset, absolutely delighted for Ollie Watkins. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's it's one of those things where we're waiting and wondering when it's going to happen. And I was sitting there probably around like eight a.m. this morning, thinking, what happens if this carries on for another five or ten matches? At what point do we think? He has to be written off or something's going to have to happen in January. And of course, that's the fickle fans in us. But I I think the best way to summarize Ollie Watkins today, Tom, is at first, if you don't succeed, you try again. And sometimes it works. I think that's a good way to sum it up, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Honestly, I thought it was a great finish. Like, you know, the good good recovery challenge from whoever it was about the first shot. But um, yeah, good finish. I didn't I did not think that I thought that was destined for nil nil, really. Um, the way that both goalkeepers were playing, I thought both goalkeepers had outstanding performances today, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just thrilled for Watkins. Like we were saying this in the group chat, but um, I think you can really tell how much of a popular figure in the dress in the dressing room and on the training ground Ollie Watkins is because it's the um, everyone's always pleased for him when he scores anyway. But we've seen a few times from Watkins now that he, he, you know, he is a very hot and cold striker, isn't he? Like, there's no point in, I love Ollie Watkins, but there's no point denying that. Um, But the reaction that he gets from fans and from teammates when he sort of breaks one of these barren spells, I think says a lot about how well, how highly he's regarded at Villa by his teammates and by everyone. So that's the sort of headline for me today is I'm just thrilled for him. And hopefully now we get into one of his, you know, we've had the cold spell. Got, although to be fair, it's got a hat trick in Europe already, hasn't it, this season? So it seems a bit mean. Um, but hopefully he starts, you know, gets into his groove, finds that confidence back, starts putting away some of those one-on-ones in the in the weeks to come. Well, he looked like he had more confidence right after that goal. You could tell just he had an extra stride in his step, of course, and it looked like Chelsea were more on the back foot because of that confidence. Uh, of course, just to give everyone a little bit of a quick rundown on the game, of course, like I said, 1-0 to the Villa Ollie Watkins scoring in the 73rd minute. Nice little break in play. Chelsea kind of lacks basically moving it around in the Villa end. Diaby picks it off. 
runs through the rest of the Villa end of the pitch, knocks it over to Watkins. Watkins takes the rest of the way. I think it was Levi Colwell that blocked the initial one. And then, of course, on a tight angle, Ollie Watkins scores and beats Sanchez in the Chelsea goal. The only other note for Chelsea, I guess, on this, and at least on the scorecard, of course, Malagusta was sent off in the 58th minute with a red card challenge, a, a high uh, tackle to the ankle of Luca Dean. But I mean, Tom, let's start there for a second to be a little bit of, uh, show a little of humor, Holt cast humor. Why, why do Chelsea players hate Luca Dean? What has he done? The man got elbowed in the face, got a bloody nose, almost snapped his ankle. And I mean, they're, I think they were just trying to kill him today. I think so. He got booked as well. Yeah, he got booked, didn't he, for that when he got elbowed in the face. I mean, he did. It was a bit of an attempted rugby tackle, I think, from him, to be fair. Um, yeah, I, no, I don't know. Who knows, man? But um, yeah, I was just de- delighted with the with the results today, really. I thought, um, you know, could have gone, e- could have gone either way, particularly in, particularly in the um, before the red card, I guess. But it's just nice to see. We've said this before. I feel like we've sat on this podcast a few times and said in the past, Villa's opponents go down to 10 men and Villa just do not take advantage, right? That's one of those things that I think most Villa fans would file under, like typically Aston Villa is not being able to capitalise on an an opposition red card. So that was really good to see today. I thought thought Villa were very good value for the win, to be honest. I I know that Emmy had to make a fair few saves, but um, quite a few of those were offside. That's another thing that I thought was I was really pleased with today is that since Mings' injury, it feels like Villa's Villa were playing the offside trap to perfection right before Mings got injured, and I feel like we haven't seen that at all. Like we've been a bit ropey that that sort of gone away. Today, I thought Esri Concer and Paul Torres were exceptional as a pairing today. Number of times we caught them offside, um, everyone getting their body on body on the line, you know, right place, right time to intercept balls into the box, that sort of stuff. I thought it was a much much better. Um, uh, a much, much better defensive performance from Villa today. Uh, so that was really positive. Luca Dean, to be fair to him, I think has really played his part in recent weeks. You know, he's a bit, his form has been a bit up and down. Um, but I think he's been pretty solid. He's, pretty, You know, I think in Luca Dean, really, Villa have got, I think it's everyone sort of um, knows that Alex Moreno is eventually going to come back in, right? Whenever, I don't know if he had a bit of a setback today. He wasn't in the squad at all, was he? I don't think. That's Moreno. what I assume. I, I, some people are kind of panicking online. I don't know anything. I'm not going to pretend to be in the know. But you would imagine it's probably maybe there's a little niggle or, I don't know, maybe he was just on the bench before because he needed to fill a spot and he knew he was never going to play. It could have just been something as simple as that, really. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone, you know, Moreno, everyone's expecting Moreno to come back in whenever he's deemed sort of fit enough. But, um, I think Luca Dean's a good example of the squad depth that we've built right now. Um, to have someone like him as a backup is a pretty good position to be in. Uh, and the depth just keeps getting better, really. I know we had had a lot of injury problems, but it's great to see like Jacob Ramsey come on. I thought I had a very lively cameo today. Um, whenever Moreno can come back into the side will be a huge boost as well. I feel like we're finally maybe starting to get rolling now, Villa. Build some, because uh, it's been, you know, inconsistent, and it? We've been beaten. Beaten by two really good teams. Well, two pretty good teams in the Premier League. Beat two crap teams in the Premier League. Crystal Palace, I thought we battered them most game and then it looked like we were going to we were gonna lose. But pull out, again, pull out a win when you don't necessarily play at your best. That's something that Villa have been so much improved at under Emery. Well, when, Tom, can you think of the last time we actually... Of course, I can think of times where we won when the opponent was down to 10 men. 
But when when's the last time you can think of that we scored and won as a result of that? It feels like it's been forever. Knowing me, it's probably been like a few months ago or something like that. But yeah, I I I do not know. I feel like I have a vague memory of having a similar conversation on one of these podcasts about oh Villa actually took advantage of somebody being sent off and won the game. But I can't remember for the life of me. I, my my memory used to be so good, you know. When I was like a teenage Villa fan, I could remember games from years ago. I could remember goals with photographic memory. Now I can barely remember what happened to Villa two weeks ago. Was it Sheffield United a couple of seasons ago? There's no way it's been that long. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless. Good to, see it. Good to see us do it today. So. Absolutely. I mean, like we've kind of been talking about there, I think for Villa, that's always been a, a major issue is capitalizing. And we've seen kind of a lack of urgency and just passing around the back. I can think of the Dean Smith days where there was a few times during the uh, behind closed door season in particular where it just felt like we were watching, I don't know, tiddlywinks or something. I could have watched paint dry and it was more entertaining with the amount of back passes and really kind of no bite to any of the offensive opportunities at that time. But I mean, today you you could tell, I mean, Chelsea were desperate for it regardless. They were still going to push because they have to, given how they're playing and how the season's going for them, even though it's early on, um, which is interesting to say for Chelsea. But I don't know, Chelsea just quickly, they remind me of, I don't know if people have played FIFA a lot in the past. I am going to assume so. But if you're a, a big fan of career mode in the uh, earlier days, like I was where you could get like the, from the EA store, or the FIFA store, you could buy like, if you had FIFA points or whatever achievements to the game, you could buy like uh, add, I don't know, millions of pounds onto your transfer yeah. budget or something like that. That's basically Chelsea, except they're crap still. So well, that's the thing. Do you see that, you know, Matt, Matt Law, the, uh, Telegraph journalist, the, the the Villa fan Telegraph journalist tweeted I saw after the game that like um, Douglas Luiz and Bubakar Kamara combined what I think fifteen million, maybe Crazy. twenty million transfer fees, and Chelsea had Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez, and it, I think that was two hundred and twenty million. And I oh. didn't think that Villa absolutely battered Chelsea today, but like there's no way that you you can look at that um, Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo midfield that Chelsea had today and say that that midfield was better than Kamara and Luiz. I thought another shout out, I mean, we'll come on to man of the match later. I, I thought Bubakar Kamara was fantastic given he got a bit of bit stick, didn't he? Like, uh, in midweek, I don't think anybody was really happy with how Thursday night went. And we were definitely, uh, we were definitely very off the boil. And Kamara was one of those. There was, I saw him a couple of times, like accused of complacency and that sort of stuff by Villa fans. It's a real case, I think, today of your only, you know, one game doesn't make, you know, a pattern. And I thought that Kamara today was fantastic. I thought he pretty much passed that midfield. The number of times that Chelsea looked like they were going to break forward and Kamara came in with a recovery challenge, perfectly timed, turned the ball over and started us going forward. I lost count, I think, in the first half of the number of times he did that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have money, isn't it? But Chelsea, you know, Chelsea show that having money isn't everything because, my God, they look like they've spent that money poorly. Well, I mean, when you're, I, I mean, no offense to Romeo Labia, but the fact that they've spent, what, a hundred plus million on a player that got relegated with Southampton, not to say he's bad, but I mean, it, it's just silly season with them. But regardless of that, you are. Right, with Kamara. It kind of just seemed like him and Dougie both accepted that they'd have to sit a little bit deeper as a collective today, which was nice to see because I think a lot of people saw the initial lineup and thought, okay, that's the best side considering injuries. 
but they would probably like for us to be a little bit more pragmatic. Pragmatic was probably the most highly used word I saw on Villa Twitter this morning. And they were very pragmatic. And I, I think that's something that we need to see a little bit more from this duo. And I, I like to see Kamara kind of sitting a little bit deeper. I'd honestly rather have Dougie sit a little bit higher, I think. I mean, as much as I love Bubakar Kamara, and I thought he was probably the most impressive Villa player on the pitch today, aside from Emmy Martinez. I mean, I, I just think Dougie probably offers a little bit more going forward. And you could see Kamara's real qualities breaking up play. Not to say Dougie can't do that, but I, I just think as a combination, that's probably preferred. And I feel like for probably the earlier stages of the season, it's probably been the opposite way. But I mean, all in all, I would say they were probably the two standouts in that midfield. John McGinn had a not so good game today. I think Matty can say very wasteful. And I, I think some people kind of questioning what happens to him once Jacob Ramsey comes back now that Nicolo Zaniolo looks like a uh, true Villa player, whatever you want to deem that. I, I saw a few people on social media say he's a true Villa player too. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but the regardless of what the thing that surprised me about Zaniolo is like I knew that he had I don't I hadn't seen very much of him at all to be honest before Villa signed him. I'd seen like flashes of him in Italy, I guess. So I knew he was like quite creative and that sort of stuff. I didn't realize he's so strong. It's the he's way quick. he like holds off. He's quick and he's he's the way he holds off challenges. Um, people like bounce off him. Uh, he's you know he he does remind I've seen the comparisons already like I'm not I suppose I am comparing them but I'm not really comparing them um, I've seen a lot seen a few Villa fans already say that the way that he sort of carries the ball opponents bounce off him and everything reminds them of a certain uh, certain guy that we sold to Man City a couple of summers ago and this there is a bit of a similarity there I think I really think he offers us something um, that maybe nobody apart from Perhaps Jacob Ramsey offers us because Ramsey's quite Ramsey's deceptively strong as well on the ball. I think he's very good at carrying the ball, despite you know uh, close attentions of defenders. And so that's something I've been really impressed with with Zaniolo. He, you know, he really adds to our attacking threat. I think so. It's a good question and about you know Ramsey coming back into the team. What Emery does with the starting lineup now because we haven't really been blessed with that question so far this season yet. And now given the fixture pile up we were talking before we started recording and running through until the next international break it's literally like every three days um having people like Ramsey come back in having Zaniolo is like who's, who's hit the ground running you know in a loan spell going to be really valuable as the as the games stack up you know over the coming weeks yeah I, I mean it, it is kind of interesting because I feel like and to reference social media again, it's not the best thing to always reference, but it's a good indicator of how to get a few diverse opinions, of course. And a lot of people thought, well, once Ramsey's fully fit and firing, he's going to replace Zaniolo. I don't know if, honestly, that's going to be the case as much as people would think John McGinn is a stalwart. And I think he is, but given rotation and the amount of competitions, I mean, Christ, now we have... Um, the EFL Cup on Wednesday against Everton. It's another competition. People want us to go deep in every competition. There's going to be massive rotation. So the sooner these guys get back, the better. But I mean, Tom, thank God Jacob Ramsey did not get hurt again. Was your heart in your mouth on that one? Because yeah. I thought, oh no, not this again. Another one out for the season? Yeah, it was a little bit. I've gone back to being scared of injuries, i got to admit. Um, I can't remember what it was, but in, in, in the Legia Warsaw game, somebody went down. I can't for the life of me remember who it was. And I've, I have. It's that, that, that sort of PTSD <laughs> has come back a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I thought Ramsey had a very, very lively 
a very lively cameo. Um, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's probably more to talk about from, from the Chelsea game, but I mean, <laughs> the next game is so soon. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of lineup he puts out. Because he got, you know, you know, especially not that he will, not that Emery will put too much stock in what fans think of his team selection, to be honest. But given, you know, that Emery got a fair bit of stick for not even that much rotation, actually, for the Warsaw game. Like, I saw the team come out and I was pretty content with the team we put out. Frankly, that team should not have lost, um, despite Legia Warsaw's ridiculously formidable home record um, and home support. Our atmosphere was crazy on Thursday. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much he, rot- he rotates now because we're at the point, I think, of while no fan would really like to admit it, we might be a little bit already at the point of weighing up what our major priorities are, right? Because we are, Emery might be used to, as a manager, having this kind of game turnover. But as a team, we're certainly not, are we? And as a fan base, which I think is why some of our fans are maybe struggling to wrap their heads around how much Emery should be rotating and like giving that a lot of a lot of analysis. Because to be quite frank, it's a situation we haven't been in. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I'm expecting like, I think, I think John Duran. Well, actually I would have said before today, I think John Duran will start up front and Watkins will sit on the bench. But then do you want, given that Watkins like an energizer bunny and never seems to run out, do you now play him on Wednesday against Everton, given that he's fine, you know, he's just scored in the league and try and keep that rolling. You know, Emery's going to spend three months, uh, three, three days, sorry, not only studying every sort of millisecond of video footage from today's game, but also pondering all of these questions, right? It's a difficult, difficult sort of weighing up process we've got to come. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting because, I mean, quickly kind of away from Chelsea for a second. I mean, Unai Emery did say he wants to compete heavily in every competition. He thinks there's games to be won and Villa can go far. I do believe that. I don't know. I've always find it found it hard to get up for the FL Cup. I'm not going to lie or whatever sponsor name you want to give it every other year or whatever but like it's i don't know personally i don't think it should be a competition i don't really understand the point of it i think it just adds congestion maybe that's because villa usually do poorly in it and we're out usually in the third or fourth round but i don't know it's just you sit back and you look at that rotation and i think a lot of people then get a little bit concerned and then think well if you're going in against an everton side who i mean their priorities going to be Premier league safety so is that even to be a priority for them as well I don't know. It's kind of a weird one because you don't want to take a loss for the sake of fixture congestion. But then at the same time, you also have to be mindful of who you put out there and that kind of cohesion. I mean, a lot of people don't want to see Callum Chambers in a Villa shirt ever again. Yeah, I'm not sure Chambers or uh, Clement Longley have have got much goodwill in the bank, to be honest, after that uh, the Warsaw game. I feel a little bad for Longley, though. He's literally thrown into the fire. I Honestly, watching it back, I don't think he played that bad. I think the fact that we just couldn't move it out from the back at all and we're just absolutely dicking around with it half the time, it really didn't help. And like like you say, it's that lack of cohesion as well, isn't it? Like, we're back, unfortunately, because of competitions and because of injuries, we're back to what we had, I think. I can't remember when it was, a couple of seasons ago or something, where we're playing like almost playing a different back line every game now because of the somebody's probably got to be rotated out like Mings and Carlos both injured. Um, and that's what, that's one of the things that does feel the most. I think, I think elsewhere on the pitch, like it's not as big an issue, 
I think the centre-back partnership is probably the biggest thing on the pitch where lack of cohesion can really hurt you. So it's going to be, you know, it's a big question, isn't it, what you do? And then the, with like with losing to Warsaw as well, the thing is that's going to have naturally, I think, placed more of an emphasis on like, okay, like we need to win the next European game. Um, whereas if you get a win at Warsaw first game, obviously like, you know, you will go to win every European game, but maybe that buys you a little more leeway considering it's only game two out of six and you've got three points in the bag already. Whereas now we really need to win that second European group game. Otherwise we're in starting to get in a little bit of bother early on. So then how does that, you know, you can guarantee that Emery is going to be looking that far ahead already. So I don't know. I think we're just going to have to roll with it, really. Whatever the lineup graphic says on Wednesday night, that's what we've got. That's what you go with. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, that's what I mean. It's just that really fine kind of line of the balancing act, but you know, Emery has to put up with Ray Tom. It's, it's tricky and we're not used to it as Villa fans. It's been a very long time. So add that in with actually having quality players and a little bit more depth and injuries and new players coming in and you mix that all together. And it unfortunately does take time and sometimes it doesn't always work out as well, but to get back to uh, the Chelsea game for just um, a brief moment here, and then we'll do all our usual man, the match three word reviews. And then we'll briefly uh, move back onto Everton. Cause I think there's more of a talking point with how quickly uh, the Villa discussion topics are moving on these days with the uh, heavy uh, fixture list. I mean, I think we do have to speak about Emmy Martinez a little bit more. I, I think even though Chelsea were offside about 30,000 times today, the fact that he was able to make those much needed quality saves even when it was offside or like when Sterling broke in through the right. And of course it was a narrow angle, but he still smothered that comfortably. I can think of a few others in the first half as well. I mean, it's just, it's another clean sheet, which is massive, but I mean, the confidence that he gives that side today, I I feel like even last season, two seasons ago, even with him in goal, I just felt like he's grown so much in terms of that leadership quality. And you just kind of, you get that kind of cool, calm and composed nature from the back. And it really just builds out throughout the rest of the team at times, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like I genuinely believe like Emmy Martinez is obviously like a world-class goalkeeper, one of the best in the world. And he's always very tough to beat, you know, for, for, for opposing teams. I genuinely believe that he has kind of like a switch in his brain where for certain games, he's just, he just decides that he's not conceding. 
And I think today looked like one of those games. I think it looked like he'd come into this game just being like, they can throw anything they want at me. They're not getting past me today. And I know we caught, you know, we caught back Captain Chelsea offside, which was really pleasing. But, you know, saved absolutely everything. I'm sure they had about four one-on-ones. You know, we get Villa fans, we can get on Watkins back for missing one-on-ones sometimes. But no Chelsea player looked like they even had the capability to beat Martinez today. Um, and when you have that kind of confidence behind you, you know, it's one of those games where no wonder Esri Concer and Paul Torres, who are two great defenders and do look to be starting to gel, I think, as a partnership. But like, no wonder they looked so good and confident and composed as a centre-back pairing today because they've got Emi Martinez behind them. You know, and you know, on the rare occasion that as a pair of central defenders, you get beaten. If you know you've got, you know, I'll say it, like arguably the best goalkeeper in the world behind you. How can you not be full of confidence? And how can Chelsea's attacking line not lose confidence? You know, by the time Martinez has made his fourth save of the game or whatever, it's got to drain, you know, like Nicholas Jackson and Raheem Sterling. It's got to suck the confidence out of you, hasn't it? Like, you know, they must have got, I think, you know, midway through the second half, maybe even earlier and, that doubt must have started to creep into their mind. I think like we're not beating this guy today and Villa haven't had a goalkeeper like that years and years and years. I've never, you know, fair to say that I've, I've never known Villa have a goalkeeper who's come close, honestly, in terms of Martinez's all round game, not just that one-on-one shot stopping, which is world-class, but just the command he has of his box and of his defense and the psychological effect he seems to have on posing strikers it is like invaluable. Right. Um, and today, Ollie Watkins won us the game today. But I think there's a fair argument to say so did Emi Martinez. Absolutely. I kind of, in my head, as soon as that final whistle went, I thought, you know what? Ollie Watkins got us a point, but Emi Martinez got us the win. That's how yeah. I always kind of thought of it. Because, I mean, there was a few chances where it was looking a little shaky at times, but I mean, Chelsea are just so wasteful and they have no eye for goal. I think it's, if they don't uh, score against, I think they play Brighton next in the league or something, or in the cup or something like that. If they don't score, they haven't scored for the entire month of September, (laughs) which is absolutely demoralizing. um, I think, um, I didn't want to say it until he got substituted, but Mikhailo Mudrik, I think is, I'm sure he's a good player in the right environment or whatever, but he just looks hopeless. I'm never ever. I remember when we played him last year. When we played him last year, and we won two nil. And there was one. I think he was clean through on goal at some point. And he just hit the like tamest, weakest shot straight at the goalkeeper, and it genuinely <laughs> filled me with confidence as a Villa fan today. Every time Mudrich got Mudrich got the ball, there's no fear. You know, there's no fear. And when you think about players that Chelsea have had in the past and everything, like. Yeah, I don't know. They've fallen. But from a Villa perspective, I love this phrase. I say it all the time. <laughs> but you can only beat what's in front of you. Chelsea weren't terrible today. They certainly weren't great. It was a game that if we hadn't have won that, I think a fair portion of us as a fan base would have come away from that. Even if that finished nil-nil and we'd have thought that was an opportunity missed today because Chelsea weren't very good. We're starting to, you know, we're pulling out those wins now. And it's going to, you know, it's big. You know, we're sick. We're sixth in the league. And I really don't think we've played very well so far this season in the league at least um you know we beat like we said we beat bad teams you know beat everton and burnley that's nice but so are most teams who play them um palace was on a knife edge really well not even on a knife edge like we were one nil down weren't we with like four minutes left 
pulled out the win without really playing that well. Chelsea today beat Chelsea on their own turf without really playing that well. Um, you know, at some point we're gonna we are gonna start to hit that stride and put in the kind of performances we know we're capable of. But even if that takes a little while longer, even on the days that we're not doing that, like we're starting to win these games. It's huge, huge, can't be underestimated, I think, as a factor. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things too. Like I can think back to what, like a decade ago when we beat Arsenal on the opening day. And that, that was great. But then it's like, okay, after that, it's like three or four losses on the bounce or something like that, for example. It's the, I, I don't want to say beating Chelsea is expected, but I mean, in the state that they're in, these are games where typically if it's tight, it usually goes the other way or we don't capitalize on the opportunity and then it just ends up being a point. I think this is the difference between, in my opinion, I mean, there's a long way to go this season and lots of twists and turns. But for me, this is the difference between a, say, 12th place team and a, at least a 6th place team. And that's the massive difference. But the one thing, I don't know if you noticed this, Tom, in um, whatever broadcast you were watching of the match. Back to Mudrich. Do you see the tattoo on his neck? On I did front, not. On, it's like on his Adam's apple, basically, or just under it. It literally says, talent ain't enough, and it, talent is crossed out. What the hell is that? <laughs> can't, can't finish. Can't even. Can't even choose. You know. Can't even choose good tattoo. No. So literally, it's basically ain't enough. So I, I don't know if that sums up his Chelsea career thus far. Yeah. Quite, yeah. It's quite yeah. Uh, just yeah. I had to bring that up because I was looking at it, going, "Is that real?" And then I just looked it up on Twitter, and yes, it is real, unfortunately. So um, it looks like he's more concerned with getting neck tattoos all around his neck than the. Uh, actually producing the goods for Chelsea. But nonetheless, let's go over to Twitter and the three-word reviews. Of course, you can tweet us at 7500 Holt post-match. Usually goes out five to ten minutes after the final whistle. It's always a good laugh to get some of your interactions. So let's start with uh, Abu Dhabi Villa saying, Bitter Blues bested. Um, Bob Stokes, Thursday night forgiven. Flip-flop, hard-fought win. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, Nick Knock played meh one. Uh, Baz Robo AVFC, Rolls-Royce Conza. Paul Butler, up the villa. Um, Colin Sampson, Ollie Watkins, do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, that's all together, so I'll give him that one. Um, Bono saying, just good enough. Iron Sheffield capitalized on charity. And let's do two more, because why not? Um, Thomas Neeson, Ollie Watkins, haters. And I think this is... Actually, we'll do two more again. I lied. Um, we'll do uh, Jacko ABFC, you fucking beauty. And um, I think this is the best way to leave this one. Pagey, hashtag UTV, Watkins is back. I think that's a good way to sum that up. So, Tom, what is your three-word review? Uh, I think I'd go for uh, back in business. On the similar vibe of, uh, I, I chuckled at Thursday night is forgiven in that one because that is it. And you're only as good as your last game. It just shows like nobody enjoyed Thursday night at all, but it was game one of six in Europe and, and games are coming every three or four days in all competitions. You've sort of just got to roll with it. You're not going to win them all, take the punches and move on and, uh, talk about ways to respond. I thought Villa were excellent today, you know, good value for the win back in business. 
Absolutely. It's good to uh, be on the winning side of things. Uh, a four win and two loss record in the Premier League. It looks very nice right now. I'm going to go with, um, as we were just talking about like two minutes ago, talent ain't enough. Um, I think that's a good way I'm going to steal that one. Um, I was going to go with something about beating Chelsea, but I think that's a good way to meme that one. So, I mean, if we're going to give our man of the match slash match balls out right now, Tom, who is yours going to? Uh, I mean, three candidates for me, but I think the one I'll go with, I think, will be Bubkar Kamara. I think um, he was he was very good. You know, the, he rebounded. He didn't have his best game at all on Thursday night. I thought he was imperious in midfield today. Like, I can't. I'm sure that there were times where a pass didn't come off, or maybe he lost the ball a couple of times because it does happen. But generally, most of the times that Villa won the ball in midfield or just in you know just in front of defence in that screen, it was Kamara. Um, he was absolutely everywhere and a driving force. I thought behind us, ne- not really being threatened too much, considering that we we got the offside trap right. Um, and behind us, getting in, getting the win in the end, it's great to see him back to his best. Hundred percent. I'm going to go with Emmy Martinez. I wanted to go with Kamara, but I'll just be a little bit different on this one. Like I said before, just to sum it up, I mean, he's the difference between uh, a win and a point, uh, a loss and a win. Like any variation, I mean, that man is our ultimate differential, and yeah. I'll stand by that till the end of time. Just sign a lifetime contract until you retire. I like genuinely. The shit housing and just winding Chelsea fans up, taking long um, goal kicks, just all of it. I absolutely love it. I love the fist pumps. I love how he interacts with the opposition fans just to absolutely boil their piss. Love it. Yeah. Um, then the third, uh, he was one for mine. And then the third one, like, this is a shout out, shout out, because it came up in the three word reviews Rolls Royce concert. That's right, isn't it? Like, you know, absolutely fantastic news to get him signed, you know, um, this week. And I thought he was sensational again. Like he's so, he's just back on the top of his game and not even back on the top of his game. But I think he's playing at a level that maybe we haven't even seen of him from him before. I don't know. He just seems to have matured a lot and so composed in the way he eases opponents off the ball and everything. Like I know I don't, we won't bang on about it because it's a tiring argument. But the fact he doesn't even seem to be in consideration for an England call up is absolutely madness to me. But as a Villa fan, as long as concert's not too pissed off about it, I'm not really bothered, you know? Keep doing what keep doing what he does for us week in, week out. That's all I care about. Absolutely. D- did you see the videos of Christian Perslow floating yeah, around today? <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. That's uh yeah, I haven't seen I, I I said a while ago that you could tell that you know, second half of last season, I think or whenever it was, you could tell that things are going well at Villa because we haven't seen haven't seen or heard from Perslow for a while because he was a bit of the face of the you know spinning bad news into good news was nature in his time in charge but it was yeah i don't know weird to see him in the away end and there was a video of him actually you know singing along with the fans in the away end sure man whatever you want <laughs> it's it's like a i don't know if this is a really crap reference but it's like uh a, a lost puppy that's found its way home and is still a little bit uncomfortable but everyone else is welcoming him back and he's like, oh, yeah, I really like this. That's how he looks in the video. He's looking around like, I'm wanted again. So, yeah. yeah. I'm one of you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just, I, I don't know. Of all the things to see, as soon as I saw that before, I think that was before we scored, I thought, oh, no, something's going to happen. It's the curse. But it didn't. So, fair enough. Maybe he's a oh, good luck chart now. He can come to everyone now, yeah. Yeah, maybe because he has no stake in the club anymore. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe who knows? Um, I, I mean, in all seriousness, he did a good job overall at Villa, but um, he's just a, a good one to uh, poke things at. But Tom, very quickly, because I know we're running out of time. We've already discussed Everton a little bit, but Everton on Wednesday, third round EFL Cup. I mean, what are you expecting against this one? Because I think it's going to be heavy rotation. I don't know how much of priority it's going to be for Everton, to be honest. Like I said, I'm not an Everton fan. I won't pretend to know a lot of the insides and outs of that club. But I mean, for me, I feel like this might not be as much a priority for them. So I think it might be one where Villa can get a little bit more away with some things that they didn't get away against Legia Warsaw. But what are you thinking? Yeah, it's difficult. I don't think I can't really see it being a, a, a high priority for either team. I don't think either t- either team can really afford for it to be a particularly high priority. Nobody wants to lose a cup game and go out for the first time of asking, obviously. Um, I'm finding it very hard to look ahead and to predict to it. I don't envy whoever's writing our prediction, our preview piece for it because I have no predicted lineup. Don't really know predicted outcome of the game. Don't really know because I don't think either team's going to really play that. You know. Certainly not a full strength eleven. Um, so I don't know really. Like I'd like it would be a real shame to suffer another momentum setback after putting things right after the Warsaw game. You know, with the big win at Chelsea, it would be a shame to suffer some kind of momentum setback. But I'm not going to lie to you. I can't can't get into the mindset that it would be the end of the world if we lost. Obviously, I really want to win. You would like to think that we should win against Everton, um, but. You know, games are coming thick and fast. You're only really as good as your last game in this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the selection. I think we just have to we just have to roll with it. I'm sure John Duran's going to get a lot more game time. Why wouldn't he? He must be like he must have confidence coursing through his veins, Duran, at the moment. And why wouldn't he? Um, see a bit more of him. I expect Leon Bailey to come back in after being on the bench today. Um, maybe J- maybe this is the game that JJ Ramsey gets his first start back, you know, because he's uh, looked lively in cameos. Be really interesting to see. And um, beyond that, I don't really know how to predict it, to be honest. Hopefully we win. If we don't, might have to be one that we just take on the chin, to be honest, as fans. Yeah, it's kind of a tricky one, too, because I'm even looking ahead of time um, for the fourth round. And I think that would be around the week of October 30th if Wikipedia is actually right for once in its life, which would probably impact the Luton game on the 29th mm. and push that somewhere else. So, I, I mean, it's already a, a tight schedule with literally uh, Elkmar on the 26th, Luton on the 29th, to move that game for that and then have Luton whenever. I mean, yeah, it, it is a tricky one, but I, I guess it, uh, it, it's one of the many pains that fans have to deal with if they actually want to be a a good football club, which Villa are at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. I'm not going to ask for a score prediction, to be honest, because who the hell knows what kind of lineup either side (laughs) is going to put out. I didn't want to have to give you one, so that's good. Yeah, Yeah. I I would imagine we're going to see a little bit of Robin Olsen. That'll be the only one that I can guarantee you. Yes. Um, Revenge against his old club, and we'll see if he doesn't have a howler. So we'll (laughs) we'll have to wait and see on that one. But anyways, guys, I think that's a good spot to leave this one on. Thank you very much to Tom for joining me. Of course, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at TD Nightingale. You can find me on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. 
tweet or X the team, whatever you want to call it, at 7500 to Holt. You can email the podcast, holtcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want read out. Of course, if you have any written articles you want to submit for the website, anything you want to have your say on, feel free to send it over to 7500holtmain at gmail.com. And of course, check out the website, www.7500holt.sbnation.com. We should be back post Everton. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be a Twitter spaces, X spaces, whatever you want to call it, or it'll just be a normal podcast on the speed or both. Uh, haven't decided that yet and how we're going to balance this crazy fixture congestion, but we'll uh, have all the updates on um, on Twitter slash X. So be on the lookout there for any of those updates. Like I said, we'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. Right